This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 360, WandaVision. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise you are. was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers of Aliens Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friends, Evan, Steve. Welcome. Hello. Hi. I'm a friend, a friend of Avery. Yes. That's what I did there. Indeed, ben, I, ben. I did. You you, you followed the cadence and everything. Um, I don't, it doesn't fit as well because a friend <laughs> is two syllables and and then a friend of, but yeah. And it feels like it's been a while. It has been a long while. Yeah. I think the last thing we did was, uh, the original star Wars back in 1977. It probably wasn't that long ago, but still it's just, it's, right. Right. It was, it was empire strikes back in 81. But... <laughs> no, no, it has been a while. Uh, there's been a lot going on, you know, like we've got not just with the, the COVID stuff going on, but I've moved and that has been a long, long process, and it's finally kind of done. We're in Yay. the house, um, but that's part one of why this episode is maybe going to sound a little different, or it's just a little strange, because I don't have a podcasting place yet. So I'm in my room right now, and yeah, but you might hear trucks go by. You might hear a train go by. You might hear an Amish buggy go by. Um, I just... <laughs> I'm not sure what you're going to hear, but um, whatever you hear, hopefully it'll be okay and you can put up with it for this this episode or until we are able to soundproof my closet, which is enormous. That's cool. I've got this giant closet over there. but Cool. Part two of why this episode might sound strange is Evan is podcasting from a prone position, laying on his couch, so we're going to... I'll be forgiving yep. of his voice with that as well. So he is supine. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm having trouble with my ability to sit at the moment. And I'll leave it at that. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hey, we're here to talk about WandaVision, the miniseries that was on Disney Plus that has now run its course. But but before we do that. Yes. There's another movie we should talk about that is extremely important. Sure. But the Snyder Cut hasn't come out yet. Not not that one, Ben. No? It's Tom and Jerry. 
the new live action animated hybrid film. Did you guys hear that that some people tuned into Tom and Jerry and they got the first hour of the new uh, Snyder cut? Yes, I did. Some people, <laughs> some people got that. that I is did not. Fascinating that that happened. Yes, unfortunately, that did not happen to me. No. It'd be kind of funny if you actually thought it was Tom and Jerry and you'd be like, this is really (laughs) strange casting. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you want to say about that then? It was much better than I thought it was going to be. I put it on for my kids because I, I don't like Tom and Jerry. Like I don't like the cartoons. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that I go out of my way to not like them. It's just like if, if there's a cartoon on Tom and Jerry's the last one I want to watch. But, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, the the live action actors were great, and the animation style was great too. They they did it was CGI, but they found a way to make it look just like it was uh, hand drawn and painted. It was very good. Yeah, it was very Roger Rabbit style type stuff. Um, and I was impressed that they actually had the antagonistic Tom and Jerry. And then yes. in the same thing, they actually had the, the friends working together, Tom and Jerry, which I don't know how you guys experienced Tom and Jerry growing up, but I had the antagonistic Tom and Jerry for so long that when we started watching the, the friends, Tom and Jerry, I was like, who are these characters? I don't understand who they are. It does yeah. feel wrong when they are it, friends. It, it does but so many people have that as their their experience that they actually made it work in this universe i mean they weren't like you know fast friends getting tattoos of their names on each other's arms or something but you know it made sense that they had to work together to get that done Um, yeah one thing that i did have a problem with and i I have to say I, i did enjoy it more than than i thought i was going to um one thing i did have a problem with was uh the and this is strange coming from this type of movie, but, but the editing, the pacing of some of the scenes when it didn't have Tom and Jerry in him were, it was strange because there was, I I won't spoil it, but there was, uh, the, an element of an item that was lost. Mm -hmm. And one character says that they're going to go and, and find that element. Um, and the next, one of the next scenes the person who lost it and that person is together and there should be a lot of angst. Like, have you found that thing? How is it going? What's the deal? Where is the, and you know, and, but it was just all sort of like palsy walsy as if that scene was filmed like before or after that whole mini subplot was done and they just tacked it into the middle of it and the editing just, Seem, I seemed to fall apart there. And I was like, why? When they were doing the actual Tom and Jerry stuff, it was very well edited. So to have that stand out to me was just sort of a little jarring. But to have that as the only major big deal I had with a, a movie that's basically getting panned by the critics. But I guess a lot of people actually enjoy it who just watch the movie and just want to take it in as a Tom and Jerry yeah, movie. It, it's getting great. Uh audience reviews yeah yep so that's a good Um, thing but yeah so i was i was very pleasantly surprised by it and the the interaction that the tom and jerry has with the the live action sets is great 
Mm-hmm. Like, like it really is. It's like Roger Rabbit, but if they had the technology to really make it crisp and smooth, yeah, and and interact like things actually would. It's it's very good. So yep. if you're into that sort of thing, I check it out. It's it's not unentertaining. Yes, and a lot of a uh, lot of little cameos, um, fun little cameos by other characters. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. the 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 one thing that I I I sort of was sort of like I don't know what what's the deal is is no Tuffy, which was always one of my favorite characters because you know you the tack on the the little the little mouse. Oh, the, the one with mouse. diapers. Tuffy Tuffy Mouse. Yeah. Oh right. Um, but you know, when whenever you tack on a third character, it's you know itchy and scratchy and poochy. Um, but he, with with Tuffy, it always sort of made sense to me. It was like the voice that you needed because they never had a voice. Uh, well, sometimes they did, and that's another thing. Tom didn't talk unless he was singing or screaming or sc- <laughs> screaming. Yeah. But you know, it's it's one of those things where he plays the piano and he can sing, but he can't talk. And they just, they carried that forward. Uh, there was one part where I thought he was just going to break it and be like, all right, look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't. He he kept it going and, and they made it, they made it work. Uh, and if Chloe, I'm not, mis- if I'm not mistaken, he, when he does talk, he changes ethnicities a couple of times when he's, when he is, when he has a voice. Yeah, well, okay, yes. There are sometimes, like, especially when he's wooing another cat or something, where he'll he'll have that weird voice. But uh, but they 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 stayed with sort of like the the non talking but singing Tom. Yeah, and screaming. I liked it. Yes, <laughs> and screaming. So yeah, I liked it better than I thought I was going to. So there's that. There you go. And that's our episode. Thank you for listening, everyone, and Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> or should we talk no. about the big Disney could, Plus TV show that everyone was talking about? We could, we could you do know one. people wanted that. They wanted to know about Tom and Jerry. So let's talk about WandaVision. Okay. <laughs> Both of you have seen every episode, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so the post credits. What? And the post credits. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yep. And. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to structure the conversation here, um, partially because I'm just really kind of scattered right now. But <laughs> uh, we let's do our normal. Like we'll do the non-spoiler, and then we'll play the spoiler organ, and then you guys will spoil WandaVision. If you want, you can spoil Tom and Jerry too. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't think anything really needs to be spoiled with Tom and Jerry. There's no big reveal like you know oh oh tom is really screen lantern or something (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's do non-spoiler and let's just talk about like what broad strokes did you like the show and what are some standouts for you so okay evan broad strokes broad strokes i really really liked it uh especially the homages to classic television, which were just fantastic and so well done. Do you watch a lot of classic television? uh, Actually, I do watch a lot of Dick Van Dyke. So I loved the first episode. Yes. I I love the Dick Van Dyke show so much. And I'm, I'm actually going through it myself. So it was kind of fun to see, 
you know, them taking that almost directly from Dick Van Dyke. And I'm in the middle of, you know, watching the entire right. run of Dick Van Dyke. So that was a lot of fun. And I grew up on Dick Van Dyke, too. So it's it's going back to stuff that I really enjoyed as a youth, you know, getting that that good, same fun feeling and then have it reproduced in the modern day. Yeah. One of my favorite little details with that was how Dick Van Dyke there's two different versions of the credits, but one where he trips over the Ottoman uh, mm-hmm. and, and does this, his Dick Van Dyke stumble and roll and the other where he skips aside and right. barely misses it, yep. you know, well for yeah. vision, he just walks right through it. Yes. <laughs> I love that little yes, detail. I loved it. Yeah. And I've been listening to some podcasts where people are reviewing the show and it's driving me insane when they talk about that first episode and call it the, I love Lucy episode and not mention Dick Van Dyke. And I'm like, yeah, do your, do your research, you people. If you're, if you're going to mention "I Love Lucy," you have to mention Dick Van Dyke. But I think there are a lot of "I Love Lucy" uh, elements yes, to it. Yes, but the set is clearly Dick Van Dyke, right. Right. and so is the theme song. And you know, like it's it's clearly more Dick Van Dyke than it is "I Love Lucy." So right. I just wanted to get it to do. Yeah, basically, the end credits are the "I Love Lucy" yeah. homage with the them in the hexagon there. Yes. And so I didn't watch a ton of Bewitched, but I've I've seen episodes and uh, but I watched a bunch of Brady Bunch and uh, Malcolm in the Middle uh, and oh, and of course, Growing Pains and Full House and all that. So I I was loving all of the the Mm -hmm. homages to those. I've never seen Modern Family, which is kind of what they were going for in the the final. Yeah, I've seen one or two, but not a lot. And the talking, you know, to the camera yeah, on yeah. You know, those asides. Or I think they they used those specific elements really well in the individual um, uh, uh, episodes. And especially with that, I mean, you know, when, when you have Agatha, but you also have, um, you know, like when she says, you know, come on, kids, I won't bite. And then it goes back to her and she's like, I, I did bite a kid once. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and things like that, where you have that like a smack in the face of comedy, um, you know, those things can be, and so they did that well. Yes, and then of course there is classic MCU action and thrills, and they did all of that super well, also. So Broad Strokes, just a fantastic show, and I'm kind of miffed when I hear people talk about it. They're like, "This is not great." And they're talking about the classic TV stuff, uh, you know, because it's not your standard Marvel fare. And I'm just like, guys, come on. Come on. Well, and there's some other stuff that people complain about that we'll have to wait until we get to the spoiler section that that makes me like it's it's like, well, no, come on. Enjoy the show for what it is like. That's spoiler free. That's what I would say. Enjoy the show for what it is, because this show had a very specific purpose and the purpose was to be a show (laughs) and and there's a lot of like theories and all these things going around where they're like, this is the biggest thing. This is going to be the biggest thing. This is, and it's like, well, yeah, it's big, but the point of the show is to be a show about characters who have a emotional journey to go through. And broad strokes, if I was going to pick, you know, some of my favorite bits about it, I did love the, the classic TV stuff, but 
just the fact that this is a show about a character who's going through an emotional journey mm-hmm. and, and they, they do it so well, they do it so well. And they use these metaphorical things, but then people are looking at these metaphorical things that are about like an emotional journey, you know, and instead it's, that's the infinity stones, you know, yeah. it's that kind of thing. It's like, no, this is actually mourning. This is grief. You know, this is, and so that kind of people are going over the top and, and yeah. going a little, a little crazy with, with all the little like minor details. Problem was there were some of those minor details that really were there, you know, and, and little things that the hints dropped here and there about what actually does happen in the series. But yeah, but broad strokes, I really appreciated the story it told and the way it was exploring Wanda and vision and, and dealing with the aftermath of what happened in, in Endgame, And well, I guess technically in infinity war, but. And I loved the, the many, many, uh, homages to comic book moments as well that they managed yeah. to just cram in and just weave into one giant narrative. Just great. Yeah. Steve broad strokes. Liked it? Didn't like it? Broad strokes, uh, eight great episodes. That's broad enough. All right. There were nine of them. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, okay. <laughs> I ha- I am saving a lot of stuff for the spoilers. I did like the homages to uh, the 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 series. Uh, I mean, there was, those were series that I was I watched growing up up until about. Um, you know, Malcolm in the middle, then I was married. And so, um, and I like that they captured more than just the elements of the times. If you look at the first two episodes, they're both in black and white, but one is like, like that really like bleached black and white that you got in the fifties. You know, if you watch like an older, older show, it's, it's very, it's very much more white, you know, and then you get the black and white, like the Dick Van Dyke black and white, where it's much more, uh, you know, the contrast is better at least. And they, they capture that as well. Um, and, uh, the aspect ratio of the screens as well. So like as you're watching it and you're watching the, the first two or first few, it's done in the four three format where it's mm-hmm. that tube television squarer rectangle and and then it moves you know as you're as you're changing time period and as you're changing yeah from one thing to another as you're changing scenes it's it's it thematically it's a, moves yeah yeah it, it yeah. it's used really really well it's it's really cool yes yeah um <clears throat> jimmy uh monica and and darcy um, were fantastic to see, uh, you know, all three characters, if not the actors and actresses, um, coming back from, you know, completely different movies and to have them, uh, you know, form that, the, you know, the little trio, uh, and to work on, to, to see them work together, um, was really good. I think they're, they're, really good characters. I mean, you know, if you're, if, if you have a world of them to pull from, um, and those, those are the three we got. That's, you know, that's some really good stuff. Um, trying to look through my notes here. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, 
let's see. Um, let's see. This is broad strokes. Broad strokes. I think for for broad strokes, I think that's that's what we're going to get there. So eight 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 cool episodes. The next next question I'd ask you then is, do you recommend it, and who do you recommend it to? Go ahead, Evan. Okay, uh, I do recommend it. I think there are some uh, thematic uh, and some mood stuff that will be a little scary for like younger uh, viewers, like even maybe for younger teenagers. So, and and the themes are pretty deep and sad. So, if, if you're a discerning person. You can handle some darkness in your entertainment and try to pull, you know, good godly things out of it. Then I would recommend it to you if you are that type of person. Yeah, I would say. Um, sorry, I stepped on you, no, but I would it. just say very quick, <clears throat> very quickly. Um, the stuff that I'm going to cover in the the spoiler section, I think, will. Uh, I, I just have a lot of little things that I would I would want someone to go into this at least with those things in their mind so they can address them themselves. All right, and and I would say I mean if you're an MCU fan, you definitely would you don't want to miss this because it is leading into some upcoming stuff with like the the second Doctor Strange movie and that kind of thing. Um, I I. I do have to, when I'm talking to some of my friends, give them the caveat of, yeah, it's a slow burn. You know, it's a slow burn. It's a fantastic slow burn. And if you're confused at the beginning, it's because you're supposed to be confused at the beginning. It's okay. That's intentional because it reveals things as you go along. And because I had one friend who was just like, man, I don't know what's going on. I I, I just don't know what's going on. And I just told them, you're not supposed to. (laughs) Like, this is, (laughs) this is like, what happens in storytelling, you know, you want some yeah. mystery and you don't want everyone to know exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um, but you know, he didn't know what the, and this isn't a, an intentional pun, but he didn't know what the end game was here. Right. You know, why is it starting like this? Why is it feeling like this? Why is it looking like this? And, and I just was like, yeah, those are the questions you're supposed to be asking. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> that's, do you, do you pause good. a movie 20 minutes in and be like, I don't know where this is going. Well, (laughs) honestly, though, there have been a couple movies that I have kind of stopped watching because I'm just I don't know what to expect from this. I don't know what it's doing. And and that would be I stopped watching because I'm tired or something like that. And I'm just I I don't I don't need to mess with this because, you know, they're they're not giving me it's usually television shows that are like that for me, though, where Mm -hmm. you're watching the, the first episode, the pilot episode should tell you, hey, here's a little bit of what to expect from this. And with WandaVision, I feel like they were just banking on the fact that, you know, this is an MCU thing. So you're Mm going to stick with it and they don't have to give you a promise of this is where the show is going, or this is kind of the direction we're heading, which is what really the pilot episode of almost any TV show is supposed to do is give you a promise of we're going somewhere <laughs> and you may not know exactly where it is because it's a mystery or you may not know exactly where it is because it might change as we're going along, but here's our characters. Here's our setup. 
And here's kind of what you can expect because we want you to come back next week with WandaVision. I feel like they took for granted. Most people are coming back next week or they'll come back in nine weeks when they've heard their friends talk about how good the ending was. Right. And, and I would agree with, with that, that, that risk that they took in, in kind of taking that tactic. Um, yeah, I, I think it, I think it paid off. I, when we get to the end, I'm like, okay, this is where they took us. And I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with the end, but not much, not much. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Evan, did you answer this question? Uh, do I recommend it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And we'll, we'll skip over how many stars. Cause. Oh no, let's it's give some stars. Let's give some stars. Oh, okay. <laughs> how many stars out of five? I do agree with you. And. How many stars out of five? Yeah. Uh, probably four. I, I would go with a four and a half, but part of it is the thematic stuff that they were actually doing with it that some, yeah, some people kind of looked over because of what, what they were hoping for. But mm-hmm. I feel like they delivered on some really good and rich uh, themes there. Steve, how many stars out of five would you give the entire series? including the ninth episode, whatever episode that might be that didn't fit into your <laughs> eight that you liked. I'd give it eight out of nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I'm what? Um, it's one of those things where because of spoilers, <laughs> um, every single time that I, I think about it, it's it's affecting that score. So um, I could give you a score now, and I, I could almost guarantee that it's going to be different by the end of the show. Um, so what's but, your spoiler-free score? <laughs> spoiler-free <laughs> score. Um, I, it's... It's one of those things where I didn't I didn't realize how problematic um, I was experiencing this until I started started to sit down and start to think about it. Um, so I, I I just have to reserve my my rating. And maybe I'll, I'll give you one at the end because maybe you guys can help me understand some of the things that that are, are that problematic. Okay. So. Okay. All right then. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well, we'll play the spoiler organ. And after this point, we'll be talking about details and things like that. So if you are not sold on watching this or not, and you're not planning to watch it, then go ahead and listen. And uh, we'll, maybe this will actually push you one way or the other as well. And uh-huh. so we'll, we'll go from there. So let's do it. Spoilers. 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 All right. The organ has been played. The sounds have been given. The warning has been sounded. I don't know. All I know is we can spoil things now. Let's put it that way. Okay. Great. So I don't know. Where do you want to start? 
Steve, you got problems? Let's maybe talk about that. All right. There are some really big elephants in this room. Okay. And one of the biggest things that I have in rethinking this movie is it's a show. It it is a show, but when it's a show for the sake of the the show, it it makes it not work for me. Okay. Um, one of the things that I don't think I've heard anybody, I'm sure someone has, but I haven't, I haven't heard anybody talk about is the vision is a robot. She's in love with a robot. Sort of. Mm, he's really a robot. He's not okay, the Simon Williams. what's the Williams, problem though? He's not the Simon Williams version of the vision. No, which no. Is from the comic book. So you could at least but argue even that, in the like, comics, there's... he wasn't that too. Like, like he wasn't that forever in the comics. I, I, I don't know where it ended up with the vision. I don't know what's going okay. on now, but, but, what, but what's, that's, that's what's what the he issue, was based though? on. So at, at least you could argue that that's a man's entire being is inside of him. So you could say that that man's entire being, you know, can love and be loved by, by, you know, a, another person, a, another woman, another, a woman. If you, uh, there's a mental illness for people who, who are attracted to non-human, usually inanimate objects, and it's not addressed. It's addressed as if vision is just as human or just as able to be loved as a human as, as if he were human. Okay. And he's not. He's... He's so this is your this is your biggest elephant that you've got. It's 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 one of the big ones. Okay. Uh, this is probably I, the biggest. Yeah, one. I have no issue with this at all because yeah, I mean, me he, he I mean, this is this is the kind of thing that next generation gets to explore when they've got data, like is data sentient or not, you know, and and those kind of things. And can data love? Can data, you know, can data be a a loving parent or not? You know, those kind of things. Like they 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 do those things there. This is written on a you know action adventure movie franchise but that's one of the things i love about vision is that he is exploring like what it means to be human by not being human and also he was brought to life he he was a robot shell that was meant to house a artificial intelligence that was then given power from a magic space stone and, and a magic hammer. And a magic hammer with magic lightning. And so that takes him beyond being just a robot to me. Yeah. For sure. But he and, and he can shapeshift and alter his molecules to be physically a human, basically. No, he's he does he can't he can't make himself a human. He can make himself tangible or intangible. No, in, he, in Endgame or Infinity War, he's in a oh, human right. skin. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he, well, he can he can look human, but he's he's not human. He's he's still a, a construct. Yeah, I again, in science fiction terms, I don't have any problem with it. Now, yeah. if 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 someone had a life size model of vision and they were in love with it, um, that's different for sure. Yeah. But in uh-huh. a science fiction setting, I really we're in a world where, you know, it's it's next to 
Spock has a Vulcan mom and a human dad, you know, that kind of thing where would it work in real life? No, it wouldn't because of DNA and genetics and, yeah, you know, whatever. Same thing with Superman and Lois. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the fact that she was in love with him, uh, yeah, that doesn't even bother me really. It bothered me because it's happened so quickly in the movies and they didn't give it time to breathe. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, so we're supposed to accept that they're super in love right now. Well, stuff happened, stuff happened in, but off screen. Yeah. And now some of it is on screen. Thanks to the right. show. And actually this really, for me, enriches that a lot more. I didn't yes. like it in the movies because it just felt so rushed because it was like, well, we need this to happen so that this can happen, you know, but then this show gives it a lot more texture. And, and honestly, that one scene where he's just talking to her about the death of her brother, like yeah. that changed everything for me. Now, maybe it helped that we had, you know, how many episodes of the show with them together, but I'd love to watch a super cut in chronological order of all their screen time. Uh, at least in the flashbacks, because that would probably add up to maybe like a 45 minute little film. I don't know if it even be that you long, know? but yeah, um, but you kind of get that in the legends that they did the legends episodes of on Disney plus where it was about a 10 minute thing. It was not, I wouldn't call it a super cut obviously because it was, it was really more previously on kind of a thing, but okay. that really gave some nice reminders of we saw them here, 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 and here. And yeah, it, it was, it was actually really nice. And I'll be watching those. They, they're doing four legends episodes for the Falcon and the winter soldier, but they only did two for Wanda vision. And one was a specifically here is Wanda's story from the movies. And then the other one is here is specifically Vision's story from the movies. There's some overlap, obviously, with the plot elements, but oh. it really did without having to go back and rewatch, you know, four or five of the movies um, that we set up some nice context. And I'll yeah. have to go watch that. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Steve, I, I get where you're coming from. The military guy calls out that he's just a robot. You know, he says, right. that. but yeah. that's not true. Yeah, that's and the point of the show. True. Is it, yeah, the, the point but of the relationship. Person, not yeah. just a robot. He's a what? Did you say, Evan? He is a living person, and he how, did, he. How do you define living? See, that's the cool thing about shows like this is right. you get to explore these ideas and talk about them. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah, he has a quote unquote soul. However, it was created, you know, through the crazy cosmic power of. Infinity Stones plus the crazy cosmic whatever magic or technology that Thor has plus the crazy technology from Ultron, Ultron. you know, it's all mixed together. But it's not a soul. He's never... Plus... (laughs) Well, we can... Again, this is where you get to have some fun defining soul, but for the purposes of the show and the purposes... not, Not this show, but the purposes of the MCU, Vision had a soul. And, and it's one of those things where he was more human than us all along, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm willing to totally roll with it because of what it brings up when he's talking with her about grief. And when he's, he's sitting down with her, he's, it, he's learning about human nature by experiencing things. And he's actually, as he's learning about it, teaching, you know? And so this whole, that, that grief about, or the line about what is grief, but love, oh, what's the word? I can't remember. 
I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I need to look up the quote, but it's this this thing where he's like learning the definition from other people and then able to teach them because he's learned something, you know. And those are things that, as I'm watching the show, I'm like, this is exciting me. And yeah, so it doesn't bother me. I get where you're coming from. I do get where you're coming from, Steve. But I also don't think that they're going to go that direction in anything like this, you know, where right. It, this Again, is just not, the, this is not the forum. Thing, yeah. But it's and real what, world for us. I mean, I'm watching it with my 12 year old and you know, now I have to explain to him, magic. don't love robots. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, no robot on earth acts like the vision does. I mean, this is, it would be a different thing if you're watching the movie, her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson, where the man falls in love with his, operating system on his phone mm-hmm. then you can bring up that conversation well I, but i <laughs> you could bring it up with this because my kids did ask like well, how did they have kids when he's a robot you know and the magic. the answer is magic first of all and then actually the second answer is it's all made up like yep, she not real. none of it's real the, the well the vision and the kids aren't real the people that are populating the town are real but she's controlling them Right. You know, and the but, white vision is real. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't stick around. For now. I'm curious what they could do or want to do with that. Right. Because like they reactivated his memories so he could be a quote unquote resurrected vision, but probably not. Well, but he's a third. Thing. He's a third version of the vision. Right. Right. So but with all the same memories. So I I know this tv show wasn't made for what i'm about to say okay (laughs) so that's not the answer that i'm looking for in this question okay but wanda has apparently no friends on or adjacent to the avengers no one that even cares to find out where she's going or you know, even it's national news. This thing is happening. I can only imagine with all the military presence in a small town and stuff. Uh, no one, no Avengers show up or have any presence at all. They, they all know how powerful she is. They know she's grieving multiple deaths. She has no family and Hydra, which apparently never dies is most likely still out there. And even if they're not, you have to be watching watching everyone's back so they just let her go off on her own and they have no presence in this in this show yes i understand that's not what the show is for but in the greater no this has this has in this the show itself is kind of explaining this though like i can i can totally give you an answer to this okay first of all we're talking about seven or eight days total Second of all, Westview was wiped from the memory of everyone who is in that area. So no one even knew that that was happening until Jimmy Wu shows up and is looking for his missing person, which I, I do think that the, and, and they say it's not, but I do think that, um, was it Evan, not Evan Peters, mm-hmm. Evan Peters. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, uh, Pietro, the the fake, yeah, fake Pietro. Um, I think that he actually was the missing persons because at the end, when you see his real name, he giggles at his own name. 
like that if that if that guy's name was that uh for his whole life he wouldn't giggle about it because but that wasn't him that was that was before he he got woke up by monica the only thing he says after he gets woke up by monica is you know help me basically okay all right so anyway point being the people from Eastview deny that there even is a Westview. Why? Right. Wanda. Then Sword shows up. This is a secret operation. This is an operation where they're coming in and not only is it secret, but it's being run by a guy who doesn't want even people in Sword to know what he's doing. Like he's got his own agenda. He's taking care of this. And so why isn't uh, why aren't the Avengers there? Why isn't shield there or whoever? Because sword is there. That's why like it's and here's, it, here's another reason. Every Avenger that knows her is dead or off world. Who doesn't know her? Uh, let's see. The only person, the only Avengers left on earth that have interacted with her are Falcon and winter soldier who are off doing their own thing, as we'll see. In their own movie, yeah. Or their own show. They're on on Earth, and they're not off-world. They're busy, okay? They're busy. And once again, Ben said this all happened within a week. So, And Mm -hmm. they're off the grid doing who knows what. Then you have the Hulk, Bruce Banner, who does not know Wanda at all. He has never met her because, I mean, he met her like for five minutes in Wakanda. He was off-world in Ragnarok, uh, the whole time that she was there for Civil War, uh, he met her briefly in the in Ultron where she brainwashed him. But other than that, he was gone. And then when he came back, she was uh, snapped for five years. So he's he doesn't know where she is or who she is. And then the only other one is Ant-Man, and he was snapped also. And in Civil War, he was fighting on the opposite team. Well, he wasn't snapped, but he was in the quantum realm. Right. Yes. So he he was out of commission. Correct. I, I, I really do think like this is something she. Uh, the bigger question with that is what what happened with the Sokovia Accords, you know, and, and so what was going on with the things that she had done before that she gotten in trouble for. Well, I think that there was some sort of amnesty that happened after the blip when they all return. And they save the universe. Yeah. And and this <laughs> is we're we're talking about just a few weeks after the blip, too. So that's the other interesting thing here, or a few months anyway, um, based on uh, Monica's subplot and her flashbacks. Yeah. And so the world has is still, I think, reeling from that event when everyone comes back. And so I, I really do feel like this is one in in universe. I think I think that they do a decent enough job with that whole problem of if this world shaking thing is happening where's the justice league you know where is if if superman really exists why is superman not helping batman with the riddler's uh mind control issues you know right and that kind of thing (laughs) but if in this one because it's so limited in in the area and it's i think the bigger question is if if agatha was able to sense the power where's dr strange Yes, that's the question. Why didn't he sense the power as well and and show up? And the answer is because Benedict Cumberbatch is making another movie somewhere else. <laughs> See, or, that's lame. No, that's no, lame. They, they might answer. What do you mean that's yes. lame? Wait, Steve, they, it's they, lame because it's how do you get around story? That? 
How do you because get around story. that? It's like, it's like, oh, like we can't have Dr. Strange there because Cum- Benedict Cumberbatch is making another movie. That's not a reason why Dr. Strange can't be there. That's completely because story. But they might explain why he wasn't able to be there in the movie and that's if coming they up. Do, if they do, that's fine. But in this setting, in this nine episodes that we get, we get nothing. We get no, even like a little, oh, Doctor Strange is off planet or anything like that. Nothing. Not mentioned at all. But here's the thing. So that's what if, I'm saying. If he's off planet, who knows that he's off planet? <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, exactly. You're gonna be able to tell her. No, no, no. But I mean, I mean, who who's around to we say? Do. Who's around to say in a very smooth and an organic story bound way? Doctor Strange, who is you know protecting realms we don't even know about, yeah, is off planet doing blah 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 because yeah. I mean, they did it kind we of in in Homecoming because it do. was. <laughs> But but that's the problems here, Steve. Is you're asking for them to micro explain every little thing instead of being able to just scene a five second scene with Doctor Strange fighting some un you know Shumagorath or something, and then have him just say that's strange. Boy, I'll have to take care of that when I get back if I ever get back, and then back to fighting Shumagorath or something. Well, here's here's the thing though. They've addressed, and I totally appreciate the reasoning here for why they didn't do a lot of the things that fans were hoping for. And that's because they were focusing in on the story they wanted to tell, which is the story of a woman who's grieving and a story of a woman who's going through all of these emotional beats. And I love the fact that they didn't pull focus from that to have Reed Richards show up like people wanted to have happen. Yeah. To have this is from it in a lot of different other ways. But, they pulled focus by having Darcy and and Jimmy Woo come back. But they, they fit by... the story. They totally fit okay. the story. <laughs> but as a writer, you know that you can make things fit the story. It's your story. But they, they were making easily... it work. Yeah, Steve, this is the story they wanted to tell. I know you don't want that answer, but that's literally the answer to the question you're asking about I why couldn't the they... Story they wanted to tell. Why why couldn't they have a five second special effects extravaganza with, with Dr. Strange deciding I'm not going to go check up on Wanda. The answer is because Dr. Strange is not a part of this story. That's, that's the answer. And it's a good enough answer for me anyway. Like I, I, I'm good with it. Yep. And I'm holding out hope that they'll explain it in the other movie. But even if if they they don't explain it, they don't need to explain it. Like, they don't have to yeah. tell us every single little detail. We can fill I, in the gaps with our brain. So, next elephant. Okay, Jimmy Woo. I, I like him. I like the, the the actor that played him. And it was nice to see him back. All that good stuff. So, he goes to Westview to find someone. That's never resolved. It's the setup for the entire encounter with the hex never picked back up. Yes. You get the, the, the guy at the end, which his entire being is played out for one gross joke. I'm like, <laughs> of yeah. all of all the you, stuff that his character was supposed to be and all the, and everyone's saying everything. And, and here's, here's the context thing. for the gross joke though. You want to hear the context? Sure. The director of this show was on growing pains and also on a spinoff, just the 10 of us. 
And there was the next door neighbor, Kirk Cameron's best friend in Growing Pains. That was his name. Yes. So it's, it's, a, it's another sitcom reference that we're getting here. Great, but it's not really a sitcom reference. <laughs> but to have his entire... Okay, he's he's the exact actor who played the other Pietro. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this. Because so, Steve... So Wanda, Wanda finds someone either who actually looks exactly like him or whatever, and just happens to have him in the the city. Uh, Agatha uses exactly him to portray the character in the X-Men who plays the cat. I mean, there's so many circles that you're going around and then just to have it as just another guy. I love that so much on welcome level seven. I don't know if you guys have listened to that or not, but um, Evan, you said you've been listening to lots of podcasts about this. Mm. Not ours. Nope. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. I figured. I figured. We're friends. That's why you don't <laughs> listen. But um, I've been talking about this since he showed up saying, nope, this is stunt casting. This is them doing what sitcoms do. Uh, the best example I had was um, uh, Family Ties, Michael J. Fox. His mom on Michael J. Fox on Family Ties was also Michael J. Fox's mom on Spin City. Different character. But the same actor played his mom on Spin City. And it's stunt casting. It's the kind of thing you do to bring in viewers. It's something that, you know, it's it's got a meta text to it, but it's not in the show. You know, there's nothing in the show where they're like, yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, other than the, the fact that they're doing it. I love so much that they brought him in just to be random guy. And it was random guy that Agatha picked. So it was Ralph, her husband that she'd been talking about that we never saw. That was him. And it wasn't actually her husband. It was just the the guy in the house that she chose. But yeah. Yeah, I, I love this so much because of all the expectations that it created. Unfortunately for fans, it created a lot of expectations where they were expecting more. And they were expecting there to be like, oh, it's dimension jumping. It's multiverse. It's this, it's that. And I love that it subverted all those expectations that it really was quote unquote stunt casting like you would get in a sitcom. I loved it. Just to have it resolve in a crude joke was, I think, just sloppy. And my opinion is I hated it and it was stupid. What a stupid, stupid thing to do. And I hated it so much. Yeah, I, I, you can so, hate it, but I really don't like the the stupid, stupid that you're giving it because no, I, it was intentional. I, they did this on purpose. Now know, they didn't do it on purpose, decision, thinking that it was going opinion. to be what it became with the fans. I really don't think they expected. I no what they way. Got with the no fans. way they didn't expect that. No, I think it either either this either this is not going to stay this or it was a stupid decision. You know what it tells me though? It tells me that when we do get the X Men, it will be a reboot. It will not be. Sure. All those other X-Men movies that you had are part of this multiverse. It will be the X-Men are their own thing. And yeah, they, and apparently yeah. they never even looked for a plan B. But here's the thing, Ben, they're doing the multiverse with Dr. Strange and they're bringing in actors from Sony movies and other 
films. Yeah, yeah, but so, it sounds like it won't be the same character as far as like it's not that person from that movie. It's that character, but it's not the one that you saw before. And so I'm I'm curious where they're going to go with that. But yeah, I, this is one of those where we're going to all just have to agree to disagree on this because I appreciate so much what they ended up doing with right, this. But let me let me explain why I think it's stupid because I do think that's a legitimate uh, feeling to have. And I I yes, no, I the hatred is a legitimate feeling to have. No, no, the, 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 calling the it opinion. stupid is a judgment. That's a judgment no, that you're making. Yes, and this and, it's, and I think it's a legitimate judgment. And I think it. I have good reasons for thinking that, and it's because there's no there's no way they didn't know what expectations they were building by doing this, especially with the things they're already teasing that this is leading directly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and to just say, oh, shrug, we're just doing a sitcom thing, whatever, whatever, man, you know what you're doing, and to, to you know, this is just this is just trolling. It's trolling. Yes, I will agree with that, and I so, love that so much. I do, I do, I do. That I love that they they got away with it. First of all, um, they they did it. They, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's trolling. I agree that you can hate it. Um, I would say, is it stupid? Like as much? Yeah, I, 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 I won't. I wouldn't use that judgment, but yeah. No, I understand hating it and like because it built up such expectations. And that was the unfortunate thing is that the expectations it created, again, pulled focus from what they were actually doing with the show. And that was that was unfortunate, which seems like a stupid thing to do. Oh, OK, well, I guess we could agree with circled that. around. Yeah, let's move on to the next thing. So where did Agatha what, come from? One more thing, Steve. One one more big nitpick. So choose wisely from oh, your list. One? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We no, we got to talk about stuff that was good here too. Like that's that's the thing. We can't just nitpick this whole show, especially when we all agree that we like it. So all yeah, right, choose guess, choose one from your list. I guess if I had to sum up the the bulk of the other ones, it's. Free will. Free will? Yes, free will. So after torturing and kidnapping and child napping dozens or hundreds of people, she doesn't apologize. She could she could make them accept it and even change their perception of her or whatever's going on, but she doesn't. And no one holds her accountable. And it, Monica even says, like, they'll never know what you gave up for them, which is a robot and two virtual children. And what did they give up? They gave up their free will. It's not even they gave it up. It was taken from them. And after Monica has the same, a different type of free will taken away from her because of the blip. You know, she wanted to be with her mom. She can't be. You know, she wants to be to help her mom. She can't. All that stuff is completely taken away from her. She has no empathy for the people. She says it won't change. Oh, no, that's what... uh, Wanda says she said she's the one that says uh, you'll never you'll they'll never know what you gave up for them. She has no empathy for them who've had it ripped away from them. And then Wanda says it won't change how they see me. But, you know, it, it might change how everyone else, including the viewers, might see you. And either way, how do you know? You know, it might change some people. She walks right through town because 
well, why not? That's that's what how the story has to play out. And the town folk has to have to look at her poorly so we can we can feel bad for her. And her friends don't hold her accountable. The, the, the federal government doesn't hold her accountable. The local government doesn't hold her accountable. The Avengers, who are no-shows, don't hold her accountable. Wanda doesn't hold herself accountable. You know, she's just, she's more of a pariah. You know, uh, I, I can't change the way they see me, so I'm not even going to address it. And it's, it's and, and then she takes Agatha's free will away from her as, as a punishment. So she's done this whole thing to this entire town. She doesn't learn her lesson and takes it away from Agatha, who, as soon as something happens with Wanda and she gets, you know, uh, too far away to, for her spell to work or, you know, someone m- breaks her, her magic down or something, then Agatha is going to come back and she's going to be worse than ever. So why not just, you know, put her in a room with some runes in it or you know, put some runes around the, the town at least. So even if she comes back, she can't use her magic or better yet go into, into, uh, into, into space and put runes on satellites around the world. So now Wanda could be the only one to use her power on the entire planet, but no, she just takes away the free will of this person after not learning her lesson of taking away the free will of all these other people. And it's like no one holds her accountable. Except for you, Steve. That's what you're here for. <laughs> Except for me. And, yeah. So let's talk and, about things we do like though. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm okay with all of that because I want Wanda to end up being the villain for the next Dr. Strange. Movie. She was the villain here. She yeah. was. She was, yep. and she acknowledged that. And I like the Scarlet Witch as the villain. I like uh, House of M and Avengers Disassembled. She's a great bad guy. And at the end, the, there is some ambigu- ambigu- ambiguity. Ambiguity. Ambi- <laughs> ambiguity. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes, ambiguity. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There, there is some where she's exploring the Darkhold. Yeah, like that's, that's not good. You know, no matter what, if you have a book that's called The Darkhold, and it looks <laughs> like that, it's not a good book. Yeah. It's not good for you. Don't yeah, read it. It's called it. The Book of the Damned, and you're featured in it. <laughs> you have a page that's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because they they have to walk a fine line here because they really didn't want this to be, and it kind of was, but they didn't want this to be um, just the the trope of the the woman going crazy with grief and, and becoming this evil monster. And so I'm curious where they're going with that. Yeah. Well, it, but it's also interesting. Like what if you are the most powerful person in the universe and you lose your mind, you know, that's, that's what they explored in the comic books. And that was awesome. And so that's what I, I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious where they're going with that. And I'm curious how that's going to fit in with, with Dr. Strange. I mean, it felt like, in some ways that that is what they're setting it up. But then with the voices of the boys, I do wonder if she is going to start exploring the multiverse, looking for a world where those boys actually exist. Yeah. And if that's going to be what ends up like things start falling apart or it's interesting though, because I wrote a book that follows some of this, uh, 
almost to the letter of what they're doing with, with WandaVision here. And if with the break, yeah, yeah. But the Oz Wonderland Chronicles, I did something very, very similar with some characters that, that they were doing with, with, uh, with Wanda here. So, well, the multiverse thing's interesting because it's basically the plot of uh, the Spider-Man movie with Miles Morales, where Kingpin's looking for yep. his family who died. He's sifting through the multiverse yep. to try to find them. So that's interesting. And like, I like, like, I really want them to explore the the mental illness uh, of Wanda Maximoff with, you know, coupled with her powers because. You know, like it, she's different from Dark Phoenix because Dark Phoenix loses her mind in a way that she basically becomes criminally insane, uh, driven power mad by the thing that's inside her. But Wanda doesn't go criminally insane. She just loses her grip on what's real. And because of that, it affects everybody else. And I think that's just really interesting. Which yeah, is interesting making a movie concerning that because. You know, the way that we've been going as, you know, a society for a long time is, you know, for a long time, it was it was truth. It's like, you know, what is truth? Whose truth is you know, my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. And that's how it was for a long time. And now if you talk to people who have been indoctrinated, indoctrinated in that enough, it's now more. A reality thing so my reality might be different than your reality although in this very show twice they talk about my truth my mm-hmm. truth and i hate mm-hmm. that phrase i hate it yeah. so much because i understand yeah. what some people are saying with it where it's like my understanding of truth or it's my perception of truth and right. a phrase that i use a lot is perception is reality you know so in, specifically in in the sense of Someone said something and it hurt my feelings and it wasn't meant to. Well, my perception, perception is reality for me. Like I perceive it this way. And so in my understanding, in the way that my brain processes it, it's that's the reality. But when you say my truth, you're suggesting that there are many truths and there could be, I mean, there's many true things, but when it all comes down to it, there's one one truth, you know, and even if you're pulling away from the spiritual and pulling away from the, the big T truth, you know, where God's truth about, you know, human nature and God's truth about our relationship with him and that kind of thing. Even if you're pulling away from big T truth, there's only one truth, you know, yeah. and, and everything else is just how we perceive it and, and how we understand it. And so, I just I know some people do use it to say this is my understanding of truth, but the way it was used here, where Monica was talking about my truth, you know, it's, yeah. it was this this modern context of this is real and it's true, and therefore, and I declare it that because that's how I perceive it, and therefore yeah. that is truth, and you must accept it. You must accept my truth as being true for me, and. <laughs> And so, and there's, in some ways, it's putting up a wall. Yeah. It's putting up a wall that says, this is my truth. I will not back down from it because it's my truth. And truth is such a big and strong and important word. Um, right. It, it'd be different if it was, this is my belief. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. my yeah. understanding is, of truth is, is another one where I just. Right. 
that just I, it, there's I, a lot of words there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you know if you change this is my truth. If you change it to this is my belief, that's a much more genuine expression of what you're trying to say in reality. Yeah. But know? a lot of times yeah. the my truth thing that's being used by by people in this current culture that we have right now, the 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 my truth thing is not referring to. Um, I believe this. It's re- it really is just this is reality, and yeah. this is it, you know. And because belief suggests exactly what you're saying, Evan, and 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 that's the unfortunate thing, and that's why they don't use it. Truth suggests <laughs> concrete. Yeah, it's uh, this is my truth. Meaning, boom, there is no more conversation here. There is yeah. no more conversation because my truth has been defined and you will follow it. And and that's where we've talked about even like as far as big T truth stuff. We've talked about this before where I have a feeling that when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But also <laughs> when we all get to heaven, we're going to find out just how wrong we were. Yeah. About mm, yep. so many things. And there's certain yep. things that we're not going to be wrong about. Like, you know, it's a very simple idea of God loves us. Right. God loves yeah. me. Jesus loves the little children. Those things we're going to find out are, we, we were right all along, but we didn't realize how much, you know, or something like that. But we were right, you know, but then there's going to be other things that go along with that where it's just like, oh man, I was horribly wrong. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think even the person who is the most right will get to heaven and say, wow, I was way off. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. because you of can be... how right heaven is going to be and how true heaven is going. It's like, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis, you know, stepping on the grass in heaven and, you know, goes right through your foot because it, it's just so real. So solid. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I and when you look at it that way, you know, okay, so let's say that I am 50% less right than you. Okay? But what is, what could that mean? It could mean that I am 1% right and you're 2% right. Exactly. <laughs> and when you look at it that way, like yeah, you're double? Oh wow, that's so much. Oh wait, no, that's not so much yeah. because yeah, it it just the, there's so much mystery, you know, and there's so much um, unknown and who can fathom, you know, these, these things and, you know, God talking to Job, like that's one of the things that I love about Job so much is that at the end, God's basically saying, look, Job, you can't understand me. Yeah, You can't understand me, but here's some things you can understand that'll help you to understand me enough right now. And, and then again, when, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that'll be. We all see Jesus. We will sing and shout the victory. Shout the victory. Anyway. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm I'm glad we were able to, you know, latch onto something there with, with this. All right, Ben, what did you like about the show? Look, man, here's, there's a lot of things I like about the show. I mean, the, the scripting, I really appreciated. There were some really good lines and, and, Good lines don't mean it's a good script, you know, because you can have a gem of a line in in a garbage movie or whatever. But there's some just gems of line. I love Vision 
so much. And I have ever since Age of Ultron, that final scene where Vision and Ultron have that conversation together. And it's Joss Whedon at his finest, where he's he's doing the thing that he does so well um, and just kind of ex- exploring humanity. And, you know, he has Vision just say, just because they're their time is limited doesn't mean they're beautiful. They're not beautiful or something like that. I can't remember all the, the exact yeah. words, but it's just this moment where vision is just showing his humanity, you know, and, and it's, it's really, so you, and you get these moments with him and you get it here. Now here, it's not real vision. Who's doing those moments. You know, it's, it's uh, Wanda's recreation of him, but with a little bit of, the mind stone. Yeah. Yeah. She, she mentions you, you, yeah. you're what's left of the mind stone in me kind of thing. Um, but it's basically her imagination of reality and it, and, and it works, you know, because she's imagining him the way he was, but, um, and she is then created out of her imagination, this really remarkable wise, uh, thing. And, yeah, so I, that's that's a big part of what I like, but I just also love that the they really did focus in on a tight story of just this woman dealing with grief and having to come to terms with that. And Steve, one of your you were talking about the problem of you know she's not held accountable; she just walks out, and you know, poor poor Wanda, boo hoo hoo, kind of thing. Um, but I like that too, because that felt true. It felt true to someone who has just gone through this emotional thing that. What part felt true? Dealing with the big emotion. So dealing with her walking through town, Steve. Yeah. Her walking through town and just in a daze almost. And when she kind of teleported to her friends and just, said hey i'm going okay steve you're 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 walking past the point that i'm trying to make you're walking through town right past the point that i'm trying to make okay yeah the point that i'm trying to make here is that she's in an emotional haze as she's going through this she has just gone through a reality shattering situation where she finds out not only is this reality not quite real but she is not who she thought she was she thought she was just Wanda Maximoff, and now she finds out she's actually got this mantle uh, that gets passed on, or, or apparently, or something like that. We don't know. Um, but she's basically the Sorcerer Supreme level of things. And that's what felt true to me, is that she was just walking through the battlefield, walking past her victims, and it's just so big. The emotion is so big. And, you know, I've had situations like that where I, I just, I can't deal. I just, I'm going to walk through. I have to walk away. You know, um, we, the house walking we just away sold. away is one thing. Steve. But she's, it's like she's walking through the battlefield and there are people. Those are that her are victims. Still, I yes. know the victims are still alive and suffering and she does nothing. She, she could have, she could have. But that's she, the thing, she, Steve. She, she can't. She's magic. No, no, she's not. She's not emotionally equipped to deal with that. That's what I'm saying. Like she then has... fly away. Why does she take her time to walk through the entire town when she could either teleport to okay, her friends Steve, and say goodbye? Steve, you're not going to accept our answer away. on this because I've given you my answer and you haven't accepted it. 
the point I'm making is this is an emotional story arc. And what I love about this show is the way it followed this emotional thing where she is denying that there's even a problem. She has created a world out of sitcoms. And then, you know, as things start breaking through, she's like denying, you know, well, we'll just fix it and I can hold it together. And so this is where she's just holding it together and just, you know, everything's falling apart. And so she's holding it together and the people around her are suffering, which is also true. Our emotional problems are not ours alone. They affect the people around us. Now, in her situation, it's it's total strangers that it affects, you know, but she there are victims to uh, I'll, I'll give you the example that I was I was going to give you is we just moved. We've lived in a house for 16 years and there's a lot of memories in that house. And there was a night where I'm staying up really, really late cleaning the house. It's well past midnight and I'm texting my wife some very angry texts. Now it's not angry. Like where I'm, I'm not like berating her or anything or anything right. like that, but I'm very, very angry and I want someone to share my suffering. And so she's <laughs> the one, you know? And, and so it's just this, this thing where my emotional state was extended out to her, you know, and, 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 and and so I'm walking, you know, through these things and I just like at some point I have to just walk away from this and I have to walk through the garbage and through the junk and, and just drive home, you know. And so th- that's what I'm saying is like there's so many things here on a metaphorical level and on a story driven level that just feel so real to me of a person who does not want to face the reality of the pain and the loss and and has to instead you know create this whole thing and and how does she win how does she win the day by destroying the illusion and stepping away from it and yes should she have apologized to them she should have but you know what to me that felt real that felt like a person who doesn't know what to do doesn't want to know what to do and it felt real it really did. It felt like a real emotional response to a situation that she created. And so that's, that's what I like about it um, is, is the way that they were able to shine that light on Wanda and everything that's going on around her. See, I think here's, here's my takeaway. I wanted to like Wanda more after this whole thing was over. And instead it's sort of like if 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 you started watching this and episode 1 it's it's not WandaVision it's Cthulhu Vision and it's it's Cthulhu you know the the huge big monster and and he's you know going through the motions of sitcoms and you're you would watch it and be like this is ridiculous this is a a hideous monster and and you know it it wouldn't make sense there's just no sense to it and now if i go back and watch this again which i i i really wanted to be able to do that with this because the especially the first bunch of episodes they're really fun and the you know the x-files type of feel that you get with the you know the added characters and stuff but now if i go back and watch it again it's it's more like monster vision it's it's a monster 
the villain of the piece. And now you're watching her, you know, wash dishes and, you know, throw a party and stuff like that. And, and to me, it, it, it's, it, if I watch it now, it's the same thing as if I was watching a hideous, absolute terror monster, knowing what every, everyone else is going through. And I agree with and, everything you, know, you just said, except too. I want to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> because... So. I mean, I went in expecting this because the you know, I haven't read the classic Avengers. I've read the 2000s Avengers where Wanda's already a villain, you know, so I, I'm expecting this sort of thing. And then I read uh, Tom King's Vision, where Vision is the villain. So. So, yeah. Yeah, I. I the other thing that this kind of explores of course she's creating vision right she created this her partner she recreated her partner in life they intended to have a life together that was stolen from from them um she had so many things taken away from her and this is kind of her asserting you know her power and saying i'm going to recreate things and i'm going to make it so that i have the life that i never had i'm going to have the white picket fence and the two and a half children and I'm going to have the dream that we never got to have. And I, I just, that whole setup for me, she's doing it all on her own. So she's creating a community. She's creating her life partner, her husband, you know, where they, they, they have the wedding bands and the one episode. And I honestly got choked up in that episode when they, when the wedding bands appeared, and I was just thinking through like, oh, this is her creating a life that she never got to have. And it was stolen from her, blah, 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 blah. But she's doing it all alone. And it just that, again, kind of on that spiritual level, you know, your problem, Steve, of her, you know, not having friends to go to um, really highlights, though, this this issue of, you know, she's doing it alone. She's going it alone. And there's a real spiritual uh, dimension to that where first of all we're not alone like even when we are alone like so you don't have a friend who's there to help you get through this this time you know well that's that's not good you know you, you, it's good to have friends but you're never alone you're never alone and it, it's this is something i've been um teaching a lot with our video teaching that we do for our church uh where i keep coming back to my favorite verse uh Joshua 1 9, have not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you are. You know, and so here you have Scarlet Witch, she doesn't have that to lean on. And she doesn't have the friends to lean on as well. That she creates a community around her by taking people who exist and and by um giving them roles, sitcom roles. Um but, you know, maybe in some ways that's what we all do with, you know, creating our friend group or whatever. But, um, yeah, it, it just, again, this is the, the negative example, you know, where you, there's other things in this. Where you can say, oh, this is a good example of, of grief and how to handle with grief. But the negative example, don't do this. You know, don't go it alone. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you, you be strong and courageous because you can lean in on the God who will be with you wherever you are, you know, but... Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's another thing. I, I appreciated the negative example that it was giving. And unfortunately, you know, there might be some people who look at it and 
they're going to celebrate the negative example for being that negative example. But Mm -hmm. I celebrate it in the sense of don't do this. (laughs) Don't, don't go it alone. You know, she shouldn't have gone to that place, to that house alone. She should have maybe looked up and and found out, Hey, where's, uh, where's winter soldier? You know? Yeah. That, that Falcon guy, he was a nice guy. And, or Bruce Banner. He's the nicest one. Well, the end of this show reminds me then of um, where Bruce Banner was in the Avengers, you know, at at the beginning or at the end of uh, Incredible Hulk with, um, well, the MCU one. I can't remember uh, the actor who's pr- playing Bruce Banner in that one. Yeah, I can't remember either. <laughs> Man. <laughs> the tip of my tongue. Yeah, that should be a name we can remember. Uh, but Edward Norton. 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 Edward, Edward Norton. Norton. There it is. Norton. Yeah. The the ending with Edward Norton is him in the cabin in the mountains embracing the uh, anger. the anger you know yes. and, and and purposefully embracing that and then we end that kind of thing here where she's again reading the dark hold digging into it digging deep um, yeah. with with another illusion that's that's a barrier. So anyone who's sending a drone to check in on her, they see her drinking tea on the porch. But inside, she's she's reading this book she shouldn't be reading. That's not what I got from that. Really? What'd you get from it? I thought it was kind of like when Doctor Strange was sleeping and then using astral projection to study even while he's sleeping. You know, so his body can get rest and he can still be studying. And so I thought it was like... I can still just be a normal person, but also I'm, I'm studying, but your thing makes more sense. (laughs) You know, you know, what was weird to me. And and this was just, this was just me perceiving the last episode two different ways. And it was kind of interesting. Um, I watched it the first time and I think I blinked at a, at a crucial situation. And then I watched it with my son later on in the day and I looked at it and I'm like, Oh, because when when I blinked, when I didn't realize was it was right after the the, the fight or the, the talk. We didn't even talk about the ship of Theseus, but um, yeah, they, we they have just, to. That was so awesome. I love I know. that. This, this is real quick. But the white vision flies out through the window, and then the next scene you see the vision that we know coming to meet Wanda. You know, flying down to meet Wanda, and I was like, well is the first time I, I I'm like, is that the white vision? And now he's making himself look like the regular vision because the other vision gave him the memories. And I was like, oh, okay, that's an interesting way to do it. And then like they went back and they did their whole thing. And I'm like, but wait a minute, wouldn't he be real? And I was like trying to figure it out in my head. And I'm like, wait a minute, he has a ring on his finger. Would he still have that? Because the other one had the ring. And then I was like, Maybe I missed something. So I watched the rest of the whole episode and then I watched it again with my son. And then I was like, oh, it's not a hundred percent clear, but it must be the white one flew off. And then the, the colored one, not colored, but you know, the one with colors comes out of the building after that happens. And then it, it made like a different sense to me <laughs> at the end, but you know, still with the, the trouble that I have, but yeah. What about the ship of Theseus? What do you want to talk about there? Well, it's just a fantastic thing. Were you yeah. familiar with this before? I was familiar with the concept, but not the uh, 
not the title for it. Yeah. 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 Or that specific illustration. Of, yeah. But yeah, I've heard that, that your great grandfather's axe where, you know, it's a three piece axe and oh, gotcha. your great grandfather makes it, your grandfather breaks the handle and has to replace the handle. Your father breaks, you know, the, the, the blade and then you break the, the, the clip that clips it together. And then you hand that thing to your son. Are you giving your son, your great grandfather's axe? And I, I posed that to my, my 12 year old and he's like, yes and no. And I'm like, keep that in mind. <laughs> and then we went and watched yeah. the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the ship itself is a little bit, quite a little bit different question because the ax, you know, it's just three main pieces right. and, and that, that gives it a, a different spin. The ship itself though, what's interesting is, you know, just this idea of, is this the same thing? Is it the same thing? Yeah. And, and with a vision, I think the answer is no, you know, like it, I think that the, the white vision that we have at the end of this is not the same person. He has, he'll have memories and he has that same demeanor. He's, he, I, I love this again, I talk more about vision than Wanda in some ways, but when they're fighting, he's like, well, can we have peace? No. Okay. All right. Uh, but then at, at one point, um, vision's like, I'm not really vision. And, and the white vision is, I need more d- data here. Let's talk, yeah. you know, yeah. let's, let's talk about this. And, and it's just this fabulous moment. Uh, and then they're, they're, then they start talking about the ship of Theseus. And you're like, Oh, this is so great. They're getting into this philosophy and, um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a yeah. very clever way to to end that because usually when I see an end battle, I like to have a physical, a mental, and a spiritual element to it for me to be sort of you know fully, uh, you know, embiggened <laughs> by the event. And you had the physical going on with with the the, the surrounding the the the. the, the the trio of, of extra characters that we had there. You had the, the physical stuff where they had to actually physically do stuff. You had the, the spiritual part where Wanda is doing that whole thing with magic and, you know, spiritual stuff up there with the runes and everything. And then you had this wonderful mental thing, you know, with those two. And where I thought that they were going with it is I thought that they were going to meld, that they were both going to become intangible. Me too. And then match up and then become that one thing and then be real. That would have been cool. Yeah. But it would have taken away from the idea that Wanda needs to deal with her grief because suddenly, suddenly death doesn't matter again. You know, and um, that's a superhero story I want to do someday. I can't remember where I've talked about this before, but a superhero story I want to do one day is just a regular person confronting a person from like the X-Men or something like that. And just being like, you die, but you keep coming back. Yep. <laughs> or confronting Superman, you know, uh, you die and then you come back again and then you die and you oh, come man. back again. But my this, grandma, this, you know, she died. Yeah. Yeah. This, this ship of Theseus thing goes right with this new, uh, the new X-Men, the house of X that just came out the comic series. And like, they're, they're bringing the X-Men back to life and I'm reading it. And I'm like, okay, no, the X-Men are dead. Those aren't the X-Men anymore. Right. That is <laughs> you know, fascinating. Like- it's yeah, fascinating because like, they're coming back with like a set of memories. It's like rebooting a computer right, that had a exactly. crash where, okay, so the, this person lived a certain life and there's a year or whatever it was since the last backup. 
and that year doesn't exist in the next one. Right. And so is it the same guy? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you read that, Ben? No, I've the read House about it, stuff? though. Yeah, because like and also that that series, I'm like, the X-Men are kind of not good people anymore. No, <laughs> that's a big like, reason why I'm not reading it is because yes, when I started like, reading about what it was, what it was about. Now, I do. There is an X-Men yeah. one with Nightcrawler. That's a new series. I don't know if it started yet. Yeah. But um, but that one, I kind of like the idea. Cause it's like the Church of X-Men, right? Or something like that. Adder, it's hard to make Nightcrawler a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious well, what, about that one. But yeah. one of the things that, that gets me thinking about this and, and maybe was one of the things that started me pondering elements like this is that uh, episode on Star Trek The Next Generation when uh, Riker gets they they're using multiple beams to try to get him out of a planet with a very thick atmosphere and they get one of the beams to work and they pull him out that's the Riker that we know and love but one of the beams I forget exactly how it happened one of the beams like worked but like went back and so and so Thomas was, Riker yeah they end up calling Thomas Riker he gets trapped on the planet Right. So there's one on the planet and one here and you're like, who's the real one? And then I was thinking to myself, so they disintegrate you and then reintegrate you when they're beaming you up and down places. So basically the first time you beam somewhere, you're dead, you're dead. (laughs) And there's this other thing that now has, it's like, it's you. Once they explained that. And, and I'm not sure exactly where it started, like if it was in a tech manual or what it was. Yeah. It just changes things. I, I ignore that. Like that's in my head canon. <laughs> that is not happening. Like they no, are, so like, it is the same person. But now the, I want to write that story. Well, they realize I, that they're all dead. This is the exact thing I was thinking about when they did the ship of Theseus. And I'm doing this in my Black Blossom comic. It's coming. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with that idea. It's going to cool. be fun. Cool. Yeah, it just, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't in my head canon. Sorry, Star Trek, but yeah. <laughs> nope. Because Dr. McCoy's right then. Like, every yeah. time he talks about, wait, I'm not going on that transporter because it, it's going to kill. Well, yeah, every single time you do this, it, it's killing you. Yep. Yes. Yep. Which then, if you go into the spiritual aspect, like how many versions of you are going to be in heaven? <laughs> okay, but again, this is where you kind of kind of look at percentages and stuff like that, where <laughs> they are individuals, and they are individual enough that yeah, they're going to look like you, but the difference between individuals is so big that it won't matter. Right, well, and that that's the other thing. Like you know, you talk about well, what's a real person? Is a clone a real person? Who makes a soul? God makes a soul. He puts it into the body. Well, what does the you know, uh, does it matter where the body comes from? So it's like every time you're teleporting, is a new soul being created? Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. As far as yeah, there's a, you, you know, th- but there's that would be saying that humans have the ability to create souls. No, 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 because no, it's it's the same as conception, like and a clone. Yeah, I mean, we we are not creating souls when we create life through conception. We're making vessels. Yeah. And and so the soul is is God's prerogative, um, but maybe those things don't have souls. Once once it's also a thing dead, we could explore. It's, it's dead and has no soul, which is is also a possibility, or it's just a, on autopilot. 
you know, it's, it's a direct copy of all the physical things, including, yes. including memory patterns from the brain yes. or whatever. An and then after image, a yeah. phantom yeah. limb, <laughs> phantom limb. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this has nothing to do with WandaVision. Well, but it does. It, <laughs> because we're the talking about... The limb of, of Theseus. Well, that's the thing that with, with the new vision, though. The, the white vision has the memories, but also has a different build. And, and, and there's a little bit of Mind Stone in there because of, mm-hmm. you know, Wanda passed it to her created vision. And then her created vision passes his memories on to uh, the white vision. But Yes, because his forehead turns yellow. <laughs> so we know. Um, yes. I have, I have three more nitpicks I want to do, okay. and then I'll be done. Right. And then I'll be done. So I loved that the the layout of the town when it was sitcoms, they're filming it in the the set from the Gilmore Girls, which is the the WB lot, um, that is in California, and it's just like that little town circle thing and they can rearrange it a little bit so it's it looks like a town they use it for all sorts of stuff and i'm like okay it's obviously that like it's painfully obvious that's what it is and i'm like this is great for a sitcom but then when everything turned back to normal it was still that (laughs) i was like like, oh man (laughs) i wish it would have just been like that because she made it like that but she was taking what already existed and i know i know but still i you know, even when it turns back to quote unquote realistic, you can still tell it's the Gilmore Girls lot. <laughs> and then, okay, so then um, my other nitpick is Agatha Harkness. I wasn't a fan of her costume. It really reminded me of uh, Halloween Town, the Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> <laughs> it really, like, the witch look did not get MCU'd well for me. I, no, I no liked- she didn't, yeah. Yeah, I I liked her blackened fingers. That was cool. That was a cool um, effect. I liked the you know, and uh, Wanda had some blackening going on yeah. when she was doing stuff too. But I but I wish they would have made her look more like her actual comic person because that's frankly creepier. I mean, you could you yeah make it creepier, you know, because yeah. um, she's just a weird old lady dressed in like Victorian clothes. And then my. <laughs> My last nitpick, I can't even remember what it was. Probably just the amount of uh, similarities to real magic that was going on that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I, you know, I don't like that. Well, I, I, I'm curious, like where where they're going with that, because yeah, suddenly things are a little bit different, but not quite, because you know, there's there's rules and stuff with with Stephen Strange as well when they were in, introducing him to that stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, I <laughs> Agatha. Eh. Yeah, I, I liked again that they stuck with her. That it wasn't Mephisto. Yeah, you know that it was. I would have been out. I would have been out if it was Mephisto. <laughs> I, like, I thought no, it was. That's... I Go thought ahead. it was going to be something like, uh, you know, Agatha is is being really tough on on Wanda because she needs to toughen her up so they can both go fight. Like, like I mentioned before, Shuma Gorath, who is, you know, this multi-dimensional beast thing that, you know, that is, is something that needs to be taken care of. 
And uh, when you see the dark hold, it's different than other dark holds we've seen. Of course, the book itself can change its shape, so it's not a big deal. But I thought maybe it was going to be the there's another book of Shumagorath or Tome of Shuma, whatever it's called. Um, and I thought maybe that that was a reference to that, and that they were going to be able to together fight Shumagorath. So Agatha was this antagonist all along, but she was really more of a contagonist. And, you know, and they would flip it that way. So, but like, I was surprised that they, they stuck with, no, she's evil. <laughs> like she's, yeah. she's not good. And she yeah doesn't care about anyone else getting in her way. Um, I, I just I, thought the threat was going to be so much bigger in the end. And I know that's not work they were going for, but that's. Because you know, that, that, I, the, that goes to your question though, of where were the Avengers? Well, part of it is this wasn't a huge event. It was this small town and this short period of time. And oh, yeah. oh the last thing none I want to talk about. None of the trio even even says, Hey, why don't I call Ant Man? Hey, why don't I you know see if the Avengers want to take a peek at this? I don't they, think they, they have Ant Man's number. It's the Avengers. <laughs> but they're not they're not a team a, anymore though. That's the, the thing. After Endgame, like they all went their own ways. And they yeah. and they really weren't a team, even when they were a team. Like, that's what cracks me up about the the Avengers Initiative is they kind of were, kind of. Yeah, they they were like a team from Age of Ultron to Civil War, which is like two or three movies, and that's it. And then they broke up. What do you mean, like a band? <laughs> yeah, no one wanted to get the band back together. What's up with that? <laughs> so what was your other thing, Evan? I lost it again. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just shut up. It was it wasn't a nitpick. It was I wanted to talk about what did you guys think about Captain Marvel and the scrolls at the end? Well, Monica Rambeau's Captain Marvel. You know, she's that's a, that was a neat way to give her powers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And uh, it's a cool thing, cool way to set it up. I don't know how. Like, I'm not familiar with the hierarchy or the succession order of Captain Marvel's in the, <laughs> in, in the comic books, but it'll be interesting to see her and, uh, Carol, Carol Danvers Captain was the Marvel. last one. Like, uh, okay. there may have been one since her or something. Cause Marvel was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, then Monica Rambeau and Ms. Marvel got powers because of him. And, yeah. and, so, and so that's that Carol Danvers. Danvers. Yeah. Right. And so Monica Rambeau just kind of took the name. Yep. And she had different powers. Right. It wasn't part yeah, of a legacy. Yeah. She just took the name. So. And then you've got new Ms. Marvel, who's an inhuman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Stretchy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with that origin for her TV show. Yeah. They could. <laughs> they could, but that that refers to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and... No in one cares Inhuman about that series. anymore. So the Inhuman series, is that in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe? Well, it's all in the MCU. Yeah. yeah. But it was on ABC and it was intended, I think, to tie in. And if it had done better, I think we would have seen some crossover as well between those characters yeah. and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And But the, but it didn't. So, no. Another saying that the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe is different because the last couple of seasons don't don't line up with what happened in the MCU. Right. Yep. So, but, is the Inhumans more part of that, or is the Inhumans more part of the actual MCU? The Inhumans are this part of the MCU where no one cares. 
<laughs> and yep. I mean, it really, it yep. really is as simple as they did one season. It didn't have good enough ratings, and so they're not revisiting it ever again. And it doesn't matter. Uh, whereas with Agents I of Shield, it. oh it, no, it, it was a decent season, you know. But it was good and bad. Yeah. I just love Black Bolt. He's a cool character. I like him a lot. And Anson Mount was awesome with him. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I had something else I was going to say too, but I've lost that now. Sorry. So. I think it's time for final words. Okay. My final word comes from Stevie Wonder, who said, just because a man lacks the use of his eyes doesn't mean he lacks vision. Mm. See what I did there? On Welcome to Level 7, I made the joke about my people perish for lack of vision. (laughs) And, yeah, Hank... Uh, I, I do appreciate Hank. He's He's been on the show before. He's family. Stran- Strangers and Aliens family. Um, he said that he kind of almost laughed a little bit. Wow. <laughs> so that's the... <laughs> I, I, it was worth it for that one almost kind of laugh, I guess. But. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have no jokes. I have no quips. Do you have any Those final my, words? I mean, probably... That was a cool show. I liked it. And I'm excited for the next one. Yep. Very good. All right. And yeah, I've said a lot of words, but my final word is thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate you guys. And we like spending time doing this. It's going to take a little bit of time to figure out how to, how to soundproof uh, a room against (laughs) Against oh, children oh, oh, watching TV and trains and Amish horse hoofs. I do have another final word. Oh, okay. Check out my new podcast, The Aspiring Kryptonians, now available on the podcatcher of your choice. Awesome. And what's it about? Is it like about Batman or something? <laughs> Green Lantern? Core? No, no core? just, just, just. Aliens vs. Predator? Battlestar Galactica. Aliens from Santa Claus. Uh, oh, Magic. Hey, I watched Soyant Green last night. This has nothing oh, to do with anything. What'd you but think? I finally watched it. It was interesting. Like, those 70s sci-fi movies, they like to show some skin. Yes. Yes, they <laughs> did. I don't remember yes. showing skin in that movie. Yeah, I mean... Huh. It's not like uh, not like Logan's Run where it's just full on oh. nudity. But I just they, remember they cut, it, they cut it close. Okay, all right, yeah, because that was one. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen that. A long time, but I just remember feeling really greasy. <laughs> like the movie just <laughs> felt greasy. And, <laughs> the and Logan's the, Run or Swain Green? Swain Green. Swain oh Green. yeah, and then uh, the the classical music in the the Death Chambers. Yeah. Well, the the you know, the world building was great. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it did kind of take the wind out of the sails that I, I knew exactly what the whole thing was about before yeah. I even started it, but it was still, it, the acting was great. Cinematography was great. I liked it. And there is a company making food called Soyant. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how can you? <laughs> anyway, uh, my final word then, after all of that is again thank you for listening and godspeed 
You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. Once again, thanks for listening. This is episode 360, I believe. Whoa. Cool. If each one were a degree, we'd be right back where we started.